Hello everyone and welcome back to uh, the United District podcast. We're here for the second uh, episode. Uh, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by James Robson, the Manchester football correspondent for The Standard. James, welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, it's, it's brilliant to have you on and you know it's um, a really interesting time uh, for, for football and for life in general. Uh, we spoke about it last episode, obviously different for everyone. How are you coping? How are you doing? Obviously I've been seeing that you've uh, been publishing many articles your work rate certainly hasn't uh declined at all you've been doing some excellent work uh which i'm sure all united fans are grateful for so thank you for that uh yeah it's it's a it's a strange one isn't it like i think um i think when it first started it felt uh you know talking purely from a, a job perspective and mm. football point of view uh it felt a bit like uh you know an international break that sort of thing and uh and i know from from doing the job for years that during this international during international breaks uh club fans you know the interest towards uh, the international football just is nothing like as high as it is uh, for, for during the normal season a lot of people look at those breaks as you know uh, a real sort of like dead period uh, for them so it felt a little bit like that to begin with you know uh, and you're used to a couple of weeks of that and you've got feature ideas that you had in the bag you know preparing for it that sort of thing mm. um but as this goes on and on, you know, uh, as in months, weeks and weeks and months, mm. uh, without actually anything happening, uh, yeah, it, it becomes more of a struggle. There's, there's no doubt about that. But of course, you know, when you cover a club like, like United, I also cover City as well. You know, when you cover clubs like this, there's, there's always something going on. Yeah, no, certainly <clears throat> Manchester United fans lust for transfer news. I don't think ever gives up. There's always a constant uh, demand for, for stuff on that. I'm sure, as you're very, very aware of. Um, so we'll talk a little bit, little bit about transfers in just a little while. We'll start off. Um, we'll start off talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, I think obviously the lockdown came at a good and a bad time. In that obviously Manchester United were enduring a good run of form uh, before before the lockdown obviously was came into place and f- football, uh, you know, the, the season ceased to continue for now at least. Um, so in that sense, it was a shame that we couldn't keep that momentum going. But at the same time. It's given Solskjaer some security. Um, is is that am I right in saying that? Has Solskjaer now got a good security now? Is the Pochettino uh, talk? It's obviously died down. Is what are the Manchester United boards? Uh, you know, what, what are their standpoint on that at the moment? Well, look, what, what I've got to say about this, I, I, I take uh, I take your point totally, but I've got to say from United's point of view, their stance has been the same throughout. Even at the the lowest ebbs, their stance has been absolutely resolute that uh, they're sticking by Solskjaer and I know we hear that sort of thing all the time and you know the, the dreaded vote of confidence all that sort of thing I, I don't think they ever really gave him that that you know dreaded vote of confidence if you like it's just been this constant no we we believe that we're on the right track um, we expected it to be uh, rocky this season we, we knew that because uh, we'd taken these hard decisions in the summer you know that they, they Everyone at the club, I think, accepted that they'd they'd left themselves short in the summer, um, mm. and that wasn't ideal. But they but they decided that if that if that was necessary, um, in order to get this dressing room that Solskjaer was trying to build, if that was necessary, then they'd do it and they'd take that 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 bitter pill uh, for if if it was a season for a season because they really were convinced that Solskjaer's ideas were right. And I've I've got to say from my personal point of view, watching watching the club, I I, I felt. 
it was very difficult to argue with with anything Solskjaer was coming up with in terms of ideas, in terms of vision. You know, I, I think um, uh, most United fans would look at it and say, well, you know, he, he's saying the right things. You know, he, he's saying the sort of things that were that were successful for Fergie and for Busby. You know, sticking to those traditions. Mm. But the problem was on the pitch. You can't deny for for much of the season, it it has been pretty bad. You know, there have yeah. been some real low points during the season. Uh, some high points as well, but there have been a lot of low points, and there's no denying the fact that I think they're going to uh, get a, a historically low uh, points. Uh, it looks like um, mm. for for the Premier League era, so you can't ignore these things. But um, again, his ideas seem right. You know, the the players he let go, I don't think anyone would argue with. You know, even Lukaku, and you know, I I wasn't one of the Lukaku bashers, and a lot of people were. You know, but. I thought if he's not your player, if you, if you don't see him as as the sort of player that you want to build your attack around, then yeah, let him go. I thought the big mistake was not replacing him. Mm. Uh, but they did try to replace him. So you know, they they did try to sign Dybala. There's no getting away from that. They did try to do it, but they didn't manage to get it done. So the ideas I thought have always been there, and I think the club, the board, have always felt that as well. But you can't. At the end of the day, you your situation is always going to be dictated by results on the pitch. And I totally agree with you that uh, this break, given the run United were on, uh, has, has done has served Solskjaer well. Can you imagine if, for instance, that City game, if they'd had a, if they'd had a beating, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a bad beating in that City game. Imagine if um, they'd got a, a nil-nil away at Lask or, or lost one-nil away to Lask, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, and then you had this break. You know, they always say, you know, you don't want to lose. There's always that first international break. No, the, the what's it's the the October or November sort of international break mm. when people think, well, that's when um, chairman can get can get trigger happy if results aren't going the right way. You know, you don't want to lose that game before that international break. And yet, if you'd been on a bad run going into this elongated uh, pause of the season, then you know those stories would only would only escalate. But I've got to say, from United's point of view. They have been the same throughout all season. It's been a case of we believe in him, we believe in what we're doing. Yeah, so does that standpoint that, that the board have sort of taken in in that sort of continued support, does that differ from what we saw with, with Moyes and Van Gaal and Mourinho? How, how does it differ from, from that support that was given? Uh, or does it differ? With, with, yeah, with with Moyes, again, it they were they were they were absolutely Certain they were going to stick with him, you know, the, because I think after a few months there was talk of can he can he last this? Can he last this? Because I don't think anyone could believe just how how bad it got and how quickly uh, it went like that. And you know, let's say if Solskjaer had been the guy who took over from Fergie and it unravelled that quickly, you know, if if United had this season after Fergie retired, you know, I think you, you could say there, there'd be a lot of heat on Solskjaer. But given what's happened over the past six seven years, uh, he came in at a lower base anyway, so that helped. Um, but so yeah, with Moyes. Look, they gave him a six-year contract. They absolutely thought mm. this was the man, and they thought, yeah, it might actually. I don't think anyone expected at the club for him to just come in, hit the ground running, and for them to to fly. Um, and there was an acceptance that you know maybe they wouldn't win the title in, that, in his first season because I think there was an acceptance. Uh, I don't personally subscribe to this, but I think there was an acceptance that uh, Fergie's uh, last title-winning squad uh, maybe maybe wasn't the best squad in the league now. Mm. I think a side that wins a title by 11 points, as much of a genius as the manager was, I think that was a very good side. And I still look at those players and what they went on to achieve afterwards. You know, Ever went off to Juventus and what did he win? Two more uh, titles with mm. Juve, got to Champions League final. You know, that, that was not 
uh, a bad team. I, I think that's that's really been overplayed. I, I accept that Fergie got the best out of them, but I think that has been overplayed. But yeah, so they accepted that there might be um, a little dip under Moyes, but it got so bad so quickly that um, I think they, they felt they had to do something. Uh, also, you know, there is the debate over whose appointment he actually was. Was he Fergie's? Was he mm. Woodward's? Um, I don't think anyone has totally um, claimed responsibility for that. Um, so th- th- there's a difference there. So um, in terms of Van Gaal, again, all the noises behind the scenes were that they were supporting him. I can't say that. I'm, I'm not sure that I would compare it to what they said about Solskjaer. Mm. Um, but you've got to remember that in the season that Van Gaal ended up going, uh, in the December, they were they were trying to convince him to sign a new contract. So, you know, they, they, that shows that there was a, a certain amount of faith in him. But when Guardiola pops up at City and Jose Mourinho's out of a job, again, circumstances force you um, down a certain road. And mm. I think they, the feeling was that if Guardiola's at City, you know, the only who who can actually stop him? Who, how can we fight that? And Mourinho, Mourinho was the man. Um, and as for Mourinho, again, look, that just unravelled so badly around the 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 December. And you know, the, the United don't like to sack during season. Mm. Um, they they would ideally want to want to do all that all of that sort of stuff at the end of a season, um, but that just unravelled so quickly they felt they had to act. So. They're all very different cases, yeah. um, but given the low base that Solskjaer came in, uh, the low expectations, uh, the kind of acceptance that he probably had to rip up that squad, I think they accept that he's doing a lot of hard work and thankless work that will give you short-term pain, but hopefully for the long-term benefit. And I, so that's, and I don't want to compare it to the Fergie years, but. You know, in those early years with Fergie, the likes of Bobby Charlton said everyone could see behind the scenes what he was doing, even if it wasn't necessarily playing out on the pitch. And there might be a bit of that here. Yeah. Um, just moving on to a, a question from Twitter quickly, which actually sort of ties into what you've just talked about there. It's from a tactic fanatic who says, what's Ole's role in the coaching? Um, basically, to what extent does he control his staff and to what extent are they free to take initiative? Well, when he was before he even got the job on a permanent basis, I was talking to people who, who knew knew his work in in Norway, and he was described as a manager, not a coach. Um, mm. He himself has admitted that he's not uh, he, he doesn't do really that sort of you know full on coaching on the on the training pitch. Uh, but Fergie wasn't doing that. I, I think recently um, Rio Ferdinand said you know you, you didn't see him on the training pitch doing that sort of thing you know he was the manager and but everything came down from him mm. and uh, that i think is the same with Solskjaer he's got a uh, a team there that he really trusts uh, but they're his ideas but they've got a re- they've got a, a lot of faith in Kieran McKenna they think he's he, he's a top coach Michael Carrick of course knows the club uh, everyone's got huge respect for him he's one of those players who was so intelligent as a player you you naturally think he would suit being a coach loves the game as well so they're the guys who are out on the training pitch, implementing Solskjaer's vision. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll move on from Solskjaer for now. Um, I'm sure you'll get sick of this name by by the end of all this. Jaden Sancho, mm-hmm. um, also, uh, you know, a player heavily linked with Manchester United. Um, it seems now, it seems to be narrowing down to the point where it, it, it seems he seems destined for United. Am I right in saying that? 
Well, I'd always beware of that sort of thing because uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been down this road many times, not just with United, but you know, many clubs, mm. and it feels like yes, yes, yeah, and then suddenly no. You know, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago now, um, it felt like that with Griezmann. It felt really similar with Griezmann, and it was around this sort of time of year, and there was there were noises coming out from Griezmann's camp that it was a case of you know, it's just a case of putting pen to paper now. You know, um, mm. uh, that all the everything had been agreed. You know, uh, but then that didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> uh, that same summer, there was, um, uh, was it uh, Maratta, um, who ended up going to Chelsea, you know, they, 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 were, they were very keen on him uh, and signed Lukaku in the end, who was their, their favoured choice. So they've usually got more than one, is what I would say, when they're looking at players. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it feels like that. Look, we, they wanted him last summer, definitely. Um, but he wasn't so desperate to leave yeah and I, I i guess you know he could look at them last year and think you know do i, do I want to you know at this stage of my career do i want to be taking a risk uh, on a club who've got a bit of a, a reputation a growing reputation for for players um uh, uh, going on the decline when they go there um but i think looking at it this year they're a far more attractive proposition like you you know you look at that forward line and you imagine he's thinking oh, i could link up with rashford and greenwood and um and martial that's a really exciting forward line. It's a young forward line that's going to grow together as well. That's something you could, I, I could imagine that would really appeal uh, to someone. Um, it's got, it's got a feel of, you know, a, a, in in a, in a couple of years, people saying that this is like, you know, a slight exaggeration, you know, the Messi Suarez Neymar sort of thing, but it's that sort of three pronged, you know, really fearsome attack like Liverpool have got now, of course. Mm. Uh, I, you can imagine him wanting to be a part of that. I think um, circumstances are suiting United. Um, as Solskjaer said last was it last week, he said that they could exploit mm. the market. I think, look, I, I appreciate the wording wasn't ideal. Um, but, you know, of, of all the clubs around the world, United will be one of the ones who come out of this in the healthiest position. Um, they're, they're, all right, they're always confident that they can, uh, financially, they can, they can, they can challenge anyone uh, for a player, um, but maybe that'll be even more so, even more so now. Um, so, yeah, it feels like um, it's 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 heading in that direction. But uh, with these sort of things, uh, you always you've got to wait till it's uh, till it's signed. Yeah, um, we've got a question on from Twitter again here from uh, Keith who asks: uh, Is is there an alternative if we don't sign Sancho? Obviously, not actually that many names have been mentioned. It's all been sort of focused on James Sancho. Have you got any names for us that would be, uh, you know, perhaps an alternative to, to Sancho? Uh, well, I think he is he is very much uh, the first choice. Mm. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Hakim Ziyech was one that they they did look at and uh, chose not to actually even even bid for. That was in um, uh, that was in in January when, when Chelsea got him, of course. Um, so that that's a sign that they were looking at uh, and have been looking at others. Um uh, I think um, Werner can play there, can't he? He can play. Mm. He, he can play wide. That's uh, that's that's another another one they've been looking at. Uh, but I think Sancho is the, you know, the the first choice. Um, uh, we're told that Solskjaer by January has a list of three to five players per position that he's looking for, but generally never wants to go beyond the second choice. Mm. So. Um, but yeah, in terms of concrete names, no. But um, you know, like I said, I think Sancho is, is very much the first choice there. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, just one last thing on the sort of winger situation. Um, Alexis Sanchez, obviously you did an article on him a couple of days ago, I believe, and you said he's not in Solskjaer's plans, but reluctant to, to walk away. What, what do you see the solution to this to this massive wage bill problem that United have got with Alexis Sanchez? It's, it's, that there, there isn't a, a way out of it. You know, the, I think it's it, it, you, you're basically at a point that no club is going to take on those wages. I, I can't. Maybe, maybe if you went to China, but I don't mm. think he's he's overly or certainly wasn't interested in that last last year. Uh, that's the only way you, you're going to you're going to manage to get him out of the club without making a loss. Um, one way or another, they're going to make a loss on this, and whether it's a case of he goes out on loan again, but uh, I'm not even sure how keen he is on that. Other than if it's Inter. Um, so it's a case of you know if even if he goes on loan, you're you've still got to pay uh, an enormous portion of those those wages uh, because around the world clubs just cannot afford that sort of money. You know, you know it's around we believe upwards of four hundred thousand pounds a week. You know even if let's say the um, uh, United players took a thirty percent uh, pay cut, and I don't even know how that would actually affect Sanchez by not being at the club, mm. but. Even then, his, his salary still—it still takes him out of the reach of just about anyone in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think you know maybe maybe they buy it out because it's not even things. It's not even a good look, is it? If you just say, look, uh, see out the rest of your contract on loan anywhere that we can that we can get you, and we'll pay whatever it is two thirds or or who knows of your salary. Mm. It still it doesn't look good, does it? It's just kind of like constantly hanging over there and then by the end of the following season it's going to be what what do they do with him this summer. Uh it's one of those that you think some sort of payout might just be the the best way to to get this get this done with. The mm. fact that Solskjaer let him go last summer knowing that he didn't have a replacement, knowing that he was short up front and United have been short up front uh for most of this season. And he was still happy to let Sanchez go. I think that tells you everything you need to know about where he figures in his in his plans. And mm. after the the strides they've made this season, to suddenly bring him back makes no sense whatsoever. Mm, I did find that decision interesting, to be honest, because obviously, as you say, no replacement. Was, I think that move actually happened after the window was shut over here. Am I right in saying mm, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's hard to see any way back. It just made me think, you know, w- what was the actual point in letting him go to win? Obviously, they're going to get some money back either through a loan fee or a percentage. I'm not sure which, which one of those was. Was it? Was it a percentage? Are they saying paying a percentage of Sanchez's wage? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I did find that I find that interesting just because. I think it would be maybe useful. I say useful, obviously, been a disaster of a player for us, but useful to have a bit of depth around. But as you say, obviously, probably no way back from now. Um, we'll move on to the striker situation. Another really interesting one. Harry Kane's been mentioned, you know, heavily throughout. You mentioned in arc recently about a four-man shortlist, which was Haaland, Kane, Dembele and Werner. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think you could... Uh, they're certainly like um, Jota as well, mm. at Wolves. Um yeah, the, the, those were four names that they are the four players they've been looking at. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't think they'll be the only ones. Yeah, do you think? Who do you think is most probable here? Obviously, Odin Nagalo comes into it as well as a backup sort of option to those sort of four bigger names. Which one of those four would you say is the most probable? I think it's a really it's a really difficult one. I, I, I think if Haaland becomes available, United are, are there. They're going to be 
they'll be challenging. Whether they can beat Real Madrid to him is another matter entirely. Mm. Um, in Germany, I saw today they're saying that uh, the actual the um, that buyout doesn't kick into effect until is it next summer? I think they're saying. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that he's not available anyway. Um, so yeah, I think United will they will be there. Uh, they're certainly watching him to see what Real Madrid do because uh, there are no hard feelings there at all. Uh, and he was obviously the top choice and they thought they well they were pretty confident they could get him in January and that that all that all went away. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, again, again Kane. You know, Solskjaer loves him. Woodward loves him, uh, and has done pretty much ever since he's been in charge of United's transfers. Mm. But I, I couldn't see it at that money. If 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 Spurs are serious about two hundred, two hundred million, two hundred plus, I I couldn't see it. And and even with United spending power to to have him and Sancho, and you know, still trying to bring in uh, someone like a Grealish, I, I think that might even be beyond them. Even if they did get the money for. Uh, for Paul Pogba this summer mm. um, so yeah yeah. I, 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 more and more I look at Igalo and think he makes sense just because I think I and I might be in a minority here but I think Martial has made huge strides and mm. I just don't know that he so so, so for, if they if they were to bring in Harry Kane Harry Kane starts every week you know there's no doubt about it he's the you know he's the best striker in the country one of the best in the world he starts every week yeah. so what happens then to Martial do you then go back to the Martial you had when um, uh, Lukaku was ahead of him and when uh, uh, Zlatan was ahead of him? You know, do you, I, I don't know that Martial is the sort of player that suits being in and around the fringes. I think he's he's thrived on the fact that Solskjaer's given him the number nine shirt and said, you're leading my attack. Mm. And I think they've, they've had results out of that. And I think they, they would have had a lot more out of it if he'd have played in a better side this year, the one that created more chances, and if he'd played in a side that had Rashford in it all season. I think we I think he would have had a lot more goals. And his goals his goals this season have been good. So I I I wouldn't I, I personally wonder if it's the right move to bring in someone who's actually going to displace him and not just say, you know, an Igalo, you know, he he can play backup. But then, you know, if someone like Haaland or Kane becomes available, how do you not how do you not how do you not sign one of them? Mm. You know, because uh, you, you can Kane, as we know, he's 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 a cast iron cert to get you thirty goals a season, and uh, and Haaland looks like he's going to be uh, an absolute superstar. Yeah, um, we'll just move on from that again. Um, you mentioned very briefly there, Paul, Paul Pogba, about his sale and what money that could generate and how that could affect obviously our plans. Um, the situation with Paul Pogba at the minute is well, what what is it? It's, it seems to all be positive. He's done the United podcast, obviously, and stuff like that. It's all looking a little bit brighter. Has the arrival of Bruno Fernandez affected Pogba's future? Do you think? When Fernandez, look, look I, I felt all season that this would be his last season. Um, uh, I I don't think there's been much said that would make you think otherwise. As in, you know, from the sort of things that Raiola's come out with, uh, he wanted to go last summer and they wouldn't let him. Or, or I say wouldn't let him, they would have let him if someone had offered £150 million. No one came anywhere near that. And therefore, it feels a bit like it's the same situation here. Um, look, Pogba and Fernandez in the same midfield, I, th- I think, would be exciting for anyone. You know, Pogba and Fernandez, you're, you're rivaling... Um, Silver and De Bruyne, you know, for City, you know, that, that with, with those two together, that would be absolutely lethal for United. So that's got to be a real 
temptation to to see if that can work. But I just don't know. Do you want do you want to carry on with Pogba given what they've seen over the past couple of years? Look, look I, I've again I've not been uh, a Pogba basher because I've, I, I I do believe he's one of the best midfielders in the world, and I think uh, he's been unfairly criticised at United. I think he's he's put in some. I think he's put in a lot of really good performances. I think his stats are generally right up there. Uh, but I don't know how at United you can put up with someone. You know, last summer that I thought it was it, it didn't look good at all. And did the whole you know I, I think it's time for a new challenge that sort of thing. Hmm. Things his, his agent comes out with all the time. That is not a good look for a club like United to have that going on. And it's not good for a dressing room that you that Solskjaer has been so carefully nurturing and trying to to rebuild. Um, so I, you know, I, I think he would have to absolutely knuckle down. He'd have to tell his agent, "Look, I don't want you making these comments about me anymore." And it does. It's felt a little bit like that might have changed a little bit after that stuff Riley came out with on Twitter about Solskjaer in when was it uh, February mm. or, or whatever it was. And I don't know if that was. I, I don't know this, but maybe that was Pogba telling him, "Look, you've gone a bit far uh, with this one." Um, his situation, as I see it, is I still think if someone comes in. Oh, no one's going to come in at 150 million now, but I don't know. Maybe if someone came in anywhere near that, yeah, I think I think he goes. Yeah, um, just wondering what you make of uh, the the obvious debate between him and Graham Souness, which has gone very sort of public now. Obviously, res- responding to each other publicly, Pogba was saying he he didn't actually know who he was, couldn't put couldn't put a name to the face. Uh, what, what do you make of that little dispute? Uh, I wouldn't. I mean that sounds awful uh, for someone to say that about Graham Souness, who's you know certainly one of the greatest midfielders that British football's ever produced, but probably European or world football too. However, I've got to say it, it might not have been as, such an obvious insult. And also, in Pogba's defence, you could say that he's um, uh, he's he's been wound up somewhat by. Tunis's constant criticism, uh, but I, I remember once. I think I was talking to um, I was in a press conference with it was Theo Walcott, and this was a few years back now. Mm. And he was saying that um, there were there were some of the kids coming through at Arsenal, as in you know coming through the ranks at Arsenal, who didn't know who Thierry Henry was. Mm. So you know that Pogba doesn't know a player from the seventies and eighties. I don't think it's as big an insult as it as it may sound, um, but. Yeah, look, I, I, I know I can see where Souness is coming from. I think Souness is one of the, the the best, if not the best, pundit out there. I think he's absolutely honest. I don't think he he says anything with malice. I think he's just he's absolutely uh, genuine in what he says, and I can understand why he gets frustrated with Pogba because you know I I think most people watching Pogba get frustrated. Yeah, I, from someone who watches United uh, as often as I do. I can see the difference that Bruno Fernandes has made to that midfield by just being so direct and instantly, you know, he moves the ball so quickly and that's what that midfield has missed for, for so long now. And, and it's, and you can, it, it's absolutely transformed United as a team. It's, it's incredible mm. that one player could do that. And I don't think Bruno Fernandes is the best midfielder in the world, but he has managed to do that to United. Um, uh, talent wise, I think Pogba's uh, better. Um, but, the amount of times when you see him get the ball and he drags it back and that sort of thing and it's it's absolutely infuriating to watch and you just think oh, I wish you'd you'd 
do the simpler things more often. And I can imagine someone like Sunis is, is imagining playing with him and, and getting really frustrated when he sees him do those sort of things mm. um, and not absolutely boss a game like he should be all the time. So I, I, I get his point there. Um, I, I, I totally get his point. Um, and, and likewise, though, I can understand why Pogba would be annoyed if someone keeps uh, having a pop at them on TV. I think, mm. I think it's all fair, to be honest. Yeah, ways. no, I think I agree with you on that, to be honest. Uh, goes both ways isn't it um just another name that's been thrown around quite a lot alongside the likes of sancho jack Grealish, obviously uh flaunted government uh lockdown uh a few weeks ago obviously that was splashed around on social media and the papers alike has that changed uh manchester united's stance on Grealish, like some have suggested not from what i've heard no, no. not not yet i don't think um look it, it was it wasn't good at all you know there's no doubt about it and it 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 was it, quite apart from anything else. It was incredibly embarrassing for him and for Aston Villa. But it's just it's, at this time it was just it was terrible. Um, mm. And you know you you don't want to see that. And I'm sure United weren't impressed with it, just like pretty much the rest of the the country. But you know he's a he's a huge talent, um, and he's someone that they have liked for a long time. I think going back even to last summer. But I think playing in the in the Premier League with Villa was was important to him. Um, he's he'll come at a cheaper price than James Madison, who's the other one like that who they like. Um, so no, from from what I can gather, they do they do still like him. Okay, uh, we'll just move on to a bit further back in midfield from Grealish and uh, Pogba, holding midfield role. MUFC Mo asks, uh, are we interested in Thomas Partey? Uh, to be honest, it's I, I keep reading about it and I keep seeing it, but I, I don't know. I've not had anything concrete on that myself. Um, I wonder about. Um, I, I think from what Solskjaer said, it is it's very much he wants um, the the attack sorted. Um, so I don't know that the it's likewise you know centre backs you know they, um, Solskjaer loves Koulibaly. Uh, they they are watching Delict still to see if Juve decide to get rid of him this this summer. But you know a centre back isn't a priority either. You know it's very much he wants that. Uh, so he wants to set a forward, he wants a right winger, he wants that sort of like number 10 attacking midfielder. Uh, just a couple of more names here as well. Uh, Jude Bellingham, who obviously heavily linked with United and then obviously seemed as if he was going to Dortmund. Any more on that? Is is there still a chance of United getting Bellingham? Uh, I've got no more on it other than um, they're, they're trying to, they're, they're working on it, trying to get it done. Um, mm. I think in terms of, uh, there's no uh, issue in terms of um, meeting Birmingham's uh, uh, price, which I think is between twenty and thirty, I think something like that. Um, it's it's really down to the player now. Uh, in terms of United's interest, uh, he's one of those where he is seen as such a an incredible talent at such a, a young age that they've they've just got to get him, or they've certainly got to go for him. Mm. You know, you could put him on that same sort, you know, kind of like the the Rooney sort of thing, like um, like Michael Owen who they tried to get for Liverpool got him. Uh, Gareth Bale as well. You know, there, there are those. There are those young players who come through that United just feel obliged that they've got to get them. Um, but yeah, no, nothing new there. Okay. Uh, moving even further back the pitch, uh, we've got back back in goal. Obviously, a big debate this season over David de Gea's form. Um, you know, people suggesting he's beyond it, he's past it. Uh, and obviously, on the polar opposite to that, you've got Dean Henderson, the Manchester United loanee, obviously thriving at Sheffield United. Um, 
what do you see happening with that? Because I can't see personally De Gea being being you know shoved out the door and you know Henderson becoming number one. But that's what some have suggested they like to happen. But what do you see happening there? No, I don't see that happening. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, you don't give De Gea the sort of contract they just gave him after all the uh, the uncertainty of whether he'd stay there uh, to then just. Uh, ship him out, or, or or have him as your reserve. You know, David Hay isn't your reserve. He's your first, he's your first choice goalkeeper. I take the point that his um, his form has dipped. Um, there's there's no there's no doubt about that. It feels like that. Um, I've got to say, with 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 the Hay, I've always felt with him that he was one of those who was better the more active he was. Um, you know, his his great seasons were were under Moyes, weren't they? And uh, mm. the, the uh, under uh, under Van Gaal and under Mourinho, um, when United had a lot of issues, um, their defence has been good this season. Uh, they've not, you know, they've, they've really shored it up. And you know, Wan-Bissaka and Maguire have had a, a huge difference, made a huge difference there. So. I've not I've not checked this out in terms of the the, the amount of shots they're conceding, mm. but I, I always felt with him that he was at his best when you know there were games where he was having like uh, five to ten shots on goal and he was just pulling out these wonder saves. Um, I, I look back at the likes of uh, you know Van der Sar, I thought was the the best goalkeeper I've ever seen for uh, for a keeper who doesn't actually have to do anything. You know, mm. he made me make one one save a game. But he'd be there and he'd pull it off. You know, he was great like that. Whereas Schmeichel was was a bit more De Gea's, where he's all action, what have you. Uh, and at a club tradition, traditionally at a club like United, that concentration is the is the huge thing because you're not going to have many shots at you because generally they they dominate possession and they're generally on the attack. Uh, and I've always felt that that might be where De Gea's weak point is if it's just one or two and then maybe his concentration just lapses. A little bit, but no, I, I don't think. It, I think it's far too soon to be saying he's um, he's past it. He's certainly not past it. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think the probably more of an issue is that you look at goalkeepers now, and you look at Allison and Edison as what what it is to be a goalkeeper now, which is they're just absolutely brilliant with their feet, and and De Gea just isn't. Yeah, so um, what do you think happens with Dean Henderson then? Because obviously he had a, had a great season at Sheffield United. I think no one can deny that. Obviously, England looking at him, I'm sure, uh, to, even as a possible replacement for Pickford, who's come under a lot of you know, fire for some of his, his, his goalkeeping this season. Do you think it's as simple as Henderson going straight back on loan and simply waiting for De Gea to sort of move into an age where he's no longer going to be the starting keeper? Uh, I, think it, I think it should be. I mean... Uh, no, I don't. I don't see Henderson going on loan for two, three years. I certainly mm. don't see that. Um, but I think him going back to Sheffield United next season, I don't think there should be an issue there um, in terms of his ambitions as a young goalkeeper. Um, I'd imagine there, Sheffield are meeting them at the moment um, in terms of his his immediate ambitions. Like he could be in Europe next year with them. Mm. Uh, he's he's been one of the best. One of the best goalkeepers this season, um, in one of the best teams in the league this season. So, you know, from that kind of point of view, I'd imagine his personal ambitions are being met for now. Uh, I know that his his absolute ambition is to be uh, United's number one. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, maybe if he has another year out at Sheffield and he has another brilliant season, then there's going to be a really difficult decision to make for United um, another summer on. Um, I I don't think it should be an issue this season. 
Okay. Um, just moving on to the final uh, quiz question from Twitter. Miles asks, is there any news on the Smalling situation? Obviously, had a good season at Roma. Uh, is Smalling going to come back, or do you think the ultimate the ultimate goal is to to move him on? I think he'll go. Um, you know, Solskjaer did say, I think Solskjaer said not that long ago that um, yeah, he's got a future here. But again, you know, they let him go. So no, he doesn't. You know, you don't let you don't let a player go. You know, Chris Smalling isn't Dean Henderson. Chris Smalling is is a guy in his late twenties, knocking on thirty. I'm not sure how old he is now. Um, you know, you you keep him if you want him, um, and they didn't. So yeah, I, I would uh, I would imagine he goes this this summer, and that would be one of those loans that have really worked out well because uh, he's only enhanced his reputation. So there would probably be more buyers for him this summer, and his, his value should have gone up. Yeah, just some other <clears throat> you know mentions of of Deadwood because obviously Solskjaer's done quite well, or some people would say he's done quite well uh, clearing out the Deadwood. But there's obviously still a bit of work to do. Um, someone who I think would definitely be considered d- d- Deadwood at this point, Jesse Lingard, obviously now represented by Mina Raiola. Mention of a move to Italy. Uh, do, do you see that you know materialising and, and Lingard moving on this summer? Um. It's it's a difficult one with with Lingard, um, and it, you know it's a real shame because I think what what a year or so ago, around well around about the World Cup, um, you know he, he looked like he was finally achieving his uh, realizing his potential, and you know he was he was one of those players who got a lot of stick at United uh, from United fans, and let's not forget that United fans were giving uh, Scott McTominay a lot of stick mm. not too long ago as well, so. You know, I, I think there's a lot to be said for for showing patience with with younger players, and a lot to be said for the um, uh, the personalities and characters of, of players like Lingard and and McTominay to come through that. Um, but there's no doubt that over the past year, Lingard uh, has, has struggled. You know, he's 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 had a bad time of it. Um, and when you bring in someone like Fernandez, and you see the impact he's made in a sort of position that that Solskjaer really hoped Lingard would be able to. This this season, because going into the season, Lingard his role was was really crucial to the system that Solskjaer wanted to play. This four two three one, he saw Lingard as, at the centre of those three behind the the striker, um, and uh, you know leading the press for United, um, bundle of energy, create creative, can score goals, and we've just not seen that. This you know you can't deny it. We've, we've not seen that this season. Mm. Um, it it could be one of those where you feel like it might just need. Apart in other ways, you know, Lingard himself might just need another club to to go and show show what he can do because he can. You know, I, I I know that you know a lot of United fans are critical of him, but around the World Cup when he was getting the England squad, I thought he mm. I thought he got to a point where he'd overtaken or was certainly pressing Deli Ali, um, doing the job he was doing. Um, so I, I, I do I, I really I feel for him because it's a shame when. You know, certainly someone as well who loves United and he's come through the ranks. He's really popular at the club as well and in the dressing room. And I think it's a real, it's a shame when you know when your own when your own fans start to 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 turn on you as well. And you you just wonder maybe maybe it's time to to move on. Mm. Uh, what do you think uh, of his sort of off off the field antics? Obviously, a lot of people are very critical of Paul Pogba for for similar reasons, and Lingard gets the same stick as you've mentioned there. You know, quite a lot of people have, have completely turned on him, partly because of his on-field, but also part, partnered with his off-field antics. Do you think that's affected his popularity amongst fans? I, I think, you know, it's similar with him and Pogba. 
where uh, if people are looking for something to have a go at you for, uh, seeing Instagram videos and that sort of thing, that seems to wind people up. But I also think it probably winds up a certain generation. You know, I, yeah, but my generation is not one of Instagram and social media. And that's, mm. it's, you, know, like, mm. you know, the footballers that I grew up watching obviously weren't on social media, of course. And, um, and maybe that's the same for a lot of um, people in the media. You know, they're, they're, they're of an age where, you know, I wouldn't say don't understand it. But, you know, the fact of the matter is now that um, kids, young footballers growing up now are more engaged with uh, TikTok, um, which I, I, I've never even used, um, you know, Snapchat, th things like they're more mm. engaged with that than they are with traditional media. And this is just how they express themselves. And it is the sort of thing that could totally wind up people who aren't of that generation. Uh, I don't think it's not fair. Is the point. It, but with football, it's it's always been the same thing. And the thing is, if you're doing it on the pitch, it doesn't really matter what you're doing off the pitch. You know, you won't get you know, you won't get that criticism. Mm. Um, and the problem is if so, like for instance, Pogba doing it while he's out injured all this time. Um, look, there's there's no reason why he shouldn't be posting videos just because he's injured. But when you see him posting videos playing basketball when he's got a bad ankle then you start to wonder what on earth is going on here. And when you see him dancing at a wedding, um, pretty much the same day that Solskjaer has told us he's, he's got a cold. Mm. Again, you're wondering what's going, you know, those sort of things don't look good. Yeah. Uh, and obviously what went on with Lingard last summer, that, that, that wasn't good either. Uh, it's, it's just not, it's just not a good look. Um, but, you know, I, I can't get too, I can't get too bothered about someone posting funny videos on, on Instagram. It's not really, you know, I'm, I'm more bothered about what, they, what they're doing on the pitch. And also, you know, if they're doing bad things off the pitch, that's a different thing entirely. You know, mm. I, I think you look at, you know, for all the, the stick of someone like, like Lingard gets, I think you only have to look at him physically to see how absolutely serious he is about his profession and about the, the job he does. You look at him as a, as a physical specimen, a sp physical specimen, and he is an absolute athlete. Mm. And that, that to me shows me seriously is about his job, about playing football. Mm. Uh, you know, this isn't like the old days where he's going down the pub straight after a match on a Saturday and staying in it for for who knows how long. You know, this is someone who who is who is living, is living the job because you only have to look at him to see that. Mm. One last player before we wrap things up. A uh, bit bit of an interesting player in 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 some ways. Obviously, was part of the horrible. I think that's a good way to describe it. Summer that. Um, Jose Mourinho had with uh, alongside Lee Grant and Fred. It's Diego Dallo, who obviously uh, looking like a promising right back, who we thought by now might be in the starting eleven. Obviously, Aaron Wambasaka came in. He's been phenomenal. Uh, I think everyone can agree what a phenomenal player Wambasaka is. Um, but where does what, what does the future hold for Diego Dallo? Uh, it's, it's it's a tough one that because I, I remember it was around sort of probably yeah probably sort of February ish. We started to get wind of the idea that United were after a right back, and I remember when I heard it, I thought oh, that sounds odd, because um, I thought they've only just bought Dallow, who who Mourinho had made a, a big deal about the fact that this is a, a star for the future. Mm. Um, I thought they've got they've got Ashley Young, who can still do a job there, um, and he could be the one to help bring on Dallow. Mm. You know, I thought if, if you got those two, I don't see that as a priority. Uh, right back. I, 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 read, I thought, you know, I thought they need they need creativity in midfield. 
um, uh, need a centre back desperately. Um, you know, th- those was, uh, and I thought maybe they need a left back as well because, uh, of course, you got Luke Shaw's ongoing um, injury uh, and what have you, and form, what have you. Um, so I, th- I thought, I thought those would be more more the areas, um, but you only need to see the difference that Wan Bissaka has made to realise that. And I think you you kind of, given the way United have been over the past six, seven years, you kind of do get stuck in this idea of, well, he's good enough. He's good. He'll do. He'll do. And that, I think, is something that Solskjaer is changing in the case of, well, no, no, won't do. We need we need top quality. And, you know, they'd spent a decent amount of money on, on Dallow and then break the record to sign Wan-Bissaka. And you only have to see the step up in class that he's brought and how much better they are. And I think he's going to get even better. Um, so if Dallow is happy to be understudy to him, then yeah, you know, let, let's see how good he can be. But you look at Wan-Bissaka and he's, he's United's right back for what? Six, seven, you yeah. know, if not more, you know, I don't want to say 10 years because loads changes, mm. but you know, he's, he's United's, right back for the for the foreseeable future because he's that good so anyone they were to bring in is going to be back up to him if Dallow's happy doing that mm. then then great and, but you know I, I don't know how happy he will be how happy anyone would be but that's that's a job for Solskjaer to keep everyone uh, keep everyone happy there but uh, yeah I, he, but he is the cover right now so mm. so you know I'm not sure they've got coming coming through on uh, right um, but you know at, at the moment so long as he's happy being that, and he's been injured most of the season as well, hasn't he? He's had, he's had long periods yeah. out, so you know. But but it's it's a difficult job for anyone coming through behind Wan Bissaka because uh, he's immovable. James, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, been really interesting to hear you talk about all these topics. Obviously, um, yeah, pleasure to have you on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, any last words you got got for anyone listening? No, I just, I just uh, you know hang in there. Football will be back hopefully soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah, lovely. Stay safe, James. Thank you. All the best, you too.